What on earth is that? It's a Journey into Comics Network production! Tell me something, my friend. You ever dance with the devil in the pale moonlight? What? I always ask that of all my prey. I just like the sound of it. Brought to you by the power of the Journey Into Comics Network. This is the Journey Into Comics Podcast. The show that's 100% dedicated to everything nerd. With your hosts, the Podfather, Nate Phillips, the Podmaster, Brandon Stone, and the Journey Into Comics Network stepdad, Tyler McLaughlin. Time to make the chibi chunks. Hey! Excellent! Finally. What did you do? And here we go. Can somebody tell me what kind of a world we live in where a man dressed up as a bat gets all of my press? This town needs an enema. What's up, true believers, and welcome back to another episode of Journey into Comics. This is episode 333. That's 333. We are half evil here today on the show. I'm one of your hosts, Brando, and joining me here today is the stepdad of the Journey into Comics Network, the one and only T.Y., Tyler McLaughlin. How you doing, bud? Uh, I'm doing good. Uh, it appears that it's still a blizzard outside, mm-hmm. uh, and for me, that's not great, um, but I'm okay. Yeah, thankfully... Uh, we got off the road yesterday right when the snow started coming down. We went up to uh, visit our old pod daddy, Nate. He's off today. He's pulled a double. Nate's pulling a double. Mm-hmm. You know, for the longest time, for the longest time, Nate didn't have any, uh, um, what, what, what should I say, Re- regular contracted work. You know, right. he did. A, he was a man of many ventures, did a lot of different things. But now he's got, he's got steady hours. He's got schedule. What in the world is going on over there? Guys, um, both of us are dads, and both of us have kids, and um, we started the show in the midst of probably my oldest throwing a tantrum about Super Mario Odyssey. So, if you hear some slamming and growling, that's what it is, guys. We promise we don't mistreat him. He mistreats us. Anyways, anyways, uh, here on the show today, we got some cool stuff to talk about. WandaVision, a couple rumors. We're just going to riffraff today here on the show. but T.Y. missed out last week. He uh, was down down with the count last week with an old migraine. And uh, trust me, both Nate and I know the full extent of what that can do. That can totally kind of derail your your entire day. Mm-hmm. And uh, but glad to hear that you're doing well. Um, what is there anything new in your in your woods in in, in your echelon of T.Y.? Uh, not really. Just like the Fresh Prince, relaxing all cool just it's cold outside and i don't want to be out there so i'm trying to do as little as uh absolutely possible absolutely um i have been (laughs) i have also been chilling out maxing relaxing all cool uh i have been slowly very slowly playing cyberpunk now just a few weeks ago tyler i mean you talked and you said your buddy said his worst game he's ever played in his life Mm -hmm. you know piece of trash of course, this game infamously came out. 
and was not ready for the big time, unfortunately, uh, it seems. Uh, it, it seems like if you want to run this game smoothly, you need to have a really big rig or, or a version of, 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 of next-gen, but there's still bugs. I am actually playing it on a PS4 Pro. Now, uh, about... Man, was it that next Monday that mean you mm-hmm. mean, mean you talked that weekend and on Monday Best Buy had a one day sale where it was like thirty bucks with a steel book and I sent you the link and said check this out for thirty bucks we could play this piece of crap game and if it's the worst game we've ever played we only spent thirty bucks on it but right. but see the the kicker for me was we got a steel book for free and we get a next gen update for free when we do get those so therefore mm-hmm. like I'm thinking man this might not be a bad deal even if I don't play it. Uh, and I can tell then, but but there was a snag right in the very beginning, right, 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 the very right, right from the get go. Uh, I I got a video from you, and your steel book was literally in two pieces, it was broken in half. <laughs> That's how it arrived to you from from the factory or the or the warehouse or wherever. And I was like, but wait, there's more because mine was also faulty. Because it looked like Macho Man Randy Savage came diving down from the heavens with an elbow drop. Because only his elbow could have that much precision to land on a steel book from the clouds upon high. And uh, I was planning... These blasts, too, <laughs> these blasts are too accurate to be stormtroopers. <laughs> but I told you I was going to go to Best Buy. We both went. And we were able to painlessly exchange the steel books. They didn't cause an issue. It was, that was the best experience i think i've ever had at best buy yeah I, well that's what you know you and i were standing in the line and in, in the back of my we, you know we were we were riffing and 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 uh shooting the breeze like we always do um but you know i i totally expected to get to the counter and it you know it's not like no offense towards any best buy employees but normally i don't have good customer service experiences at best buy um it's just historically I fucking don't shop there because it sucks. Um, and, uh, you know, I walked up and I explained to the the gal working behind the counter, um, like, hey, uh, I had this shipped to me and I opened it and I went, <laughs> I was like, uh, this is how it came and uh, I want a new one. And then she, she, you know, she was super polite mm-hmm. and went through the process. And I was like, oh, and by the way, the guy right behind me in line has the exact same thing. So, um, and, uh, you know, she didn't say anything. She just kept doing what, what she was doing. And I was like, this bitch is fucking ignoring me. <laughs> and then I, I started to say it again. You know, I was, I'm like almost mansplaining to her, like, <laughs> like, bring me my thing. He needs it too. And she's like, I, I sent the guy to get two copies and uh you know it was painless. Couldn't couldn't have been a better customer service experience. So uh maybe we should buy some Best Buy stock because <laughs> that seems to be the trend here lately. Oh my gosh. All right. So yeah. We are now into like week four. Is it week four? Are we are we done with week four? Or are we going into week five? Now of we, well uh, uh, January's done today. I know, dude. We are already done. We have lived. We have survived January of the new year. Longest oh. month. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, it was like basically um, twenty twenty, the epilogue is what what this month was, and it doesn't seem like it's going to slow down anytime soon. No, like 
First, we had you know an insurrection on the Capitol. We did an episode on that, and then yeah. last week it was uh, you know the Bernie memes from from the inauguration. Uh, Look how far we've come from Twisted T to Bernie Sanders. <laughs> my favorite one. Well, okay, so no, like we mentioned, uh, Will Smith, the Fresh Prince, was one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bobby Knight throwing him across the <laughs> across the court was another one. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> but uh, and then of course I do like the one where it's actually Bernie saying, "I'm once again asking you not to Photoshop me into any more photos." I'm no longer asking. He got the twisted tea. Like, here we go. <laughs> we have married now, married the two worlds together. Uh, uh, basically, like that was the epitome of what a comedian calls as like a callback. You make mm-hmm. a joke early in the set, and you have a callback later on to it, and people go, oh, "I remember that joke." But no, I've been playing cyberpunk a little bit. Um, Are you enjoying it so far? Yes, I will say that I'm actually really enjoying the story. Uh, the gameplay is okay. Um, it's solid. Let's put, let, let me performance wise it's solid has there have there been any bugs uh i've had a couple of bugs i've only ran into one t poser uh for anybody who doesn't know that's a, when you make video games and you do motion capture you have to do a t pose at the beginning and end of what whatever movement you're making so only one t poser but i had a couple of issues where i thought it was going to actually affect me finishing the mission basically a guy was stuck on the elevator wouldn't get out of the elevator and I couldn't progress and he wasn't shooting me but I was able to kill him and and then we just continued on in the elevator with the dead dude in the elevator and when the elevator moved he went weightless (laughs) oh shit so I mean (laughs) I mean some of these bugs are to comedic effect some of them are a little ridiculous uh, some of them do suck. I haven't had any. Nothing has been game breaking yet, and I understand other people have not been as lucky, which is why the reaction to this game has been the way that it's been. Mm-hmm. But uh, so far, literally, man, that story kicked like kicked into high gear at a certain point. The whole beginning part of it, and this is no no spoiler here, it's pretty basic. You're a, you're a, a low guy on the totem pole trying to work your way up, do some jobs. And um, it's very interesting the way they decided to tell the story because there are no cutscenes in the game. Everything is done with you having control of your head and movement. It's everything's first person. Your character has a voice, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you do get to pick what you say, but your character like every scene is done through that perspective, which is very different. You typically, even if it's a first person game, when it's time for a cutscene, it goes all cinematic with it and everything. So. Mm-hmm. That may be something that is causing issues because everything is done in engine. It has to be rendered in. So that could be a problem. Uh, but it's very unique in that, in that, in that instance. Like um, the game, as, as far as bugs go, think of, think of uh, some, some, like some of the Bethesda bugs and maybe turn it, like make it one notch worse. Um, that, that's been my, like when it plays great, it's fine. And I, I might have said last week or might have said to somebody, I don't like the driving. Correction. I don't like the driving on the base vehicle they give you. It's kind of more of a tank. Since then, I have stolen and procured other vehicles that drive a lot better, and I'm having more fun driving. So I also I really love the setting, and I'm, I'm starting to get into like just the aesthetics of the world. And the, and the story, my God, when it like it kind of takes a little bit of a twist at a certain point and everything kind of starts kind of like coalescing into like, this is where we're going. 
mm-hmm. and it starts getting really interesting, and I want to see more. So, now the, the, uh, so far, honestly, the game has won me over. I don't think it's going to be a 10 for me simply because uh, of the factors with the, with the gameplay. And that, that, that's sad, but I also don't think it's necessarily that bad. And also, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to say you should fire it up on your Xbox. I think you should wait because I want you to experience it in the best way that you can. By the time you do play it on a next gen console, by the time we get next gen consoles, hopefully um, that next gen version will be out. They will have ironed out a lot of the big problems already with the game. So therefore, you can kind of play it the way that it was kind of intended to be uh, to to be played. And uh, but so far, enjoying it, enjoying it. The other big news in my world is we just launched last week a brand new podcast in the Journey into Comics Network. And that is Rank 'em All. The Rank 'em All podcast is now live. The first episode is up on podcast services. You can go check that out. Like on, it's on Apple Podcasts. It's on Spotify now. It's on Google Podcasts. I think it's on TuneIn. It's on Stitcher. So, you know, quite a number of places. There, there, there is a few places that we have submitted it. The same places that we do here. That it is not yet. Give it time. And of course, the YouTube channel. Go check out the YouTube channel and the website RankEmAll.rocks. Uh, we, you know, we kicked it off. Nothing but great response from it so far. There's been, a, you know, we, we've been getting feedback, and uh, a lot of people are digging it. There has been one. Uh, this wasn't a criticism, but I noticed it was a question of, are you guys going to do a live stream so you can participate in the, in the drinking game with us? And I'm like, oh man, like we 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 didn't even conceptualize the drinking game until about four or five episodes in, you know. And these are just things that we started noticing that 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 were being said in continual jokes. And so I said, maybe later on down the line, we could try and get a, a live stream with some of us together to to live stream the episode with some of the listeners to, to have some fun. But no, man, we're really excited about it. And, and as, as, as I said, nothing but good feedback. Go check it out and wherever you can. Uh, really cool thing about the, this podcast is that we go down some of our favorite bands or artists discographies and we rank each song gives us our album rank and then one episode per week per you know for each album and then once once we're done with a band we march right on to the next band we have a whole list of bands that we want to do and there's going to kind of be a rotating door of 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 guests or or, or, or rankers or whatever like the main four that are on the this first series with for which we rank metallica i mean uh, myself nate of course you guys know him from here and then of course we have uh Dick and Nick from Podcastrophy and Bruise with Dudes, they joined us for that one. And we're all going to be involved in some way, but then we're, but uh, just spoiler alert, after Metallica, we've now split and we're, and we're doing separate series. So me and Nate have, are doing a separate one. Nick, Dick and Nick are doing a separate one with different people. And that's going to continue on as we keep rolling and rolling along. So yeah, check it out. Maybe we'll get to one of your favorite bands down the line. But uh, no, super excited about that about that project. It was really really awesome to see see the likes pouring in really fast on the Facebook. I was like overwhelmed because we hadn't even done anything yet. Like we hadn't even officially released anything yet, and people were just popping you know popping a like and uh, and uh, that that kind of encouraged me to like to be a little bit more active or like release the sneak peek thing that I did. So uh, definitely happy about that, man. And uh, you know, here, yeah, here's the more week two coming up. But uh, yeah, I can't, I can't wait to listen more and and maybe uh, <clears throat> sneak my way onto an episode. Well, at, well, I mean, you, you you know the invite is there. Uh, 
always and we may or may not have been talking about that anyways uh no dude yeah no i'm super excited about it you know i actually listened to the episode myself because it it took us half a year to record this thing to pull back the curtain to just just a bit and we didn't want to release it until it was all the first series was all done and then we could kind of start start releasing them and then work on the next set but uh you know it, it, it took a while to get everybody all together all at once to do everything and mm-hmm. but so it, it had been half a year since I listened to that first episode or since I, since we did it so there so like there were some things that I, that I had even forgotten but uh that's what it's gonna be really neat guys and we're really excited about it but another thing that we're really excited about is that WandaVision show I mean this last episode was you know it did a lot in a in a very short uh time frame you know i was surprised uh at the end of it that it was only 30 like 33 or 34 minutes um but That's, it's my that, favorite my favorite episode in the series so far and dude, okay, so that thirty-three minutes—that's with like a five-minute credits sequence. Like, yeah. So it's even less than that. it's like twenty-eight minutes. And no, they they did do a lot. And um, so spoilers—we're going to dive right into talking about Wandavision. Um, spoilers if you haven't seen it. The five, four, three, two, one. Get out of here. All right. All right. Are you are you gone? Did did like did you watch it and then come back? All right. So um, no. What I liked is that. They they showed you the first three episodes, or, or they or they gave you the first two in, in one go. You know, and and like the first episode is a Dick Van Dyke episode. It is straight up, boom. This is Dick Van Dyke episode, and at the when end, it sets it set more important. Like the 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 first episode, more importantly, sets the tone mm-hmm. for the next two. Yeah, and it gives you just a, a just a tidbit of there's something right here. You know, <laughs> hold up. Wait a minute, some may write, and that's the spot where he's ch- you know the boss is choking and Kitty mm-hmm. from that set for, for, for you know from seventy shows like stop it stop it stop it it was that the part that made you feel uncomfortable the first time yes 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 also yes because <laughs> I'm like uh, <laughs> what's going I was on? like I was like leaning back in my chair like um can this stop please. <laughs> and so then he phases, gets the food out, and then they carry on like nothing ever happened. Yeah. You know? And, okay, episode two, that was a bewitched episode, you know? Mm-hmm. But the uh, but a few more sprinkles. You get a little few more little things, of uh, hints of something, some, something right here. The beekeeper comes out of the hive, or comes out of the sewer. I almost said, I, I, I definitely said beekeeper comes out of the hive. Wow. You did, but it's okay. <laughs> Can you imagine a huge walk-in beehive that these beekeepers walk into and just hack away with axes getting these combs? <laughs> and these bees are like, stop this man. He is getting all of our honey. And they're like, we can't. Stop this madness. <laughs> <laughs> so the dude rolls out of the sewer and, like, again, the it, it was like, it was like, to at the very end, something ain't right here, mm-hmm. you know. Well, and and just like everybody else in the world, you know, we watch that episode and it's like, what the fuck is the significance of the beekeeper? Mm-hmm. You know, we don't notice in that in that episode the symbol that's on his back. I you miss. Know, we it. don't see it. We I, don't see it. Yeah, I, yeah, completely. So, and then you know, you get to the third episode with. With the like the um, like the luncheon and the helicopter 
and shit gets colorized. Or no, that that gets that happens. Yeah, that was the second one. The third one was yeah, like the was Brady the bunch. Episode. Yeah, when she's pregnant and then they yeah, get the doctor and uh, the the twins. And uh, again, it, it's going in a certain that that third episode, uh, like first three episodes, give you enough of this TV entertainment. Uh, and then there's a there's a spot in each episode where something clicks and it changes the tone completely. And it's yep. the you know when Geraldine was in there, uh, you know with Wanda and said like, yeah, your brother was killed by Ultron, right? And it was like, you know, no pun intended with the snap, but like, yep. boom. What'd you say? Oh, I'll watch the babies. You go ahead and relax. No, what'd you say about Pietro? And it was like. What did you say? Yeah. And, oh, dude. Again, you know, and then, of course, the neighbors on the outside are like, she she don't belong here. She doesn't even have a home. She, she, like, like she ain't right. She ain't like us. I'm like, what do you mean like us? You know, like Vision, as Vision was talking to him. But all of that was revealed in this fourth episode where from the get-go, it starts off from the from the undoing snap from Hulk. From the blip, yeah. You know, we got to see a little bit of that in Spider-Man where they're kind of like jokingly, cut, like the band is coming back during the basketball game and shit like that. But we get to see them basically reforming where they were, essentially. Like she was in she was in the hospital bed laying next to her mom, or sat next to her mom. Mm-hmm. And, and and that's where you're kind of confused because uh, that's when we do realize, uh, canically now, what we all knew is that Geraldine is really Monica Rambeau mm-hmm. from... Captain Marvel, she's the little girl, and her mom yep. Maria. You know, she was you know, uh, you know, uh, you know, Carol Danvers' best friend. She was Goose, basically. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> but uh, but it's like, hey, like, where where's my mom? It's like, dude, she's gone. She died. Of can- the cancer came back. And the, so, like, we as the audience are are, are realizing, and, and the and the hospital's freaking out. Like, all these all these dead people, all these missing people are just popping back in other people's rooms. <laughs> I I do wonder if someone was laying there and someone blipped back in on top of them. You know, probably. <laughs> you know, and so thankfully, we you know we get out of that, and we realize that uh, Maria, she helped form Sword, mm-hmm. um, which makes sense. You know, with. Mm-hmm. With everything that happened to Captain Marvel, you know, it just makes sense. And, and, uh, you know, with, with the scroll and everything now, now we're starting to set some stuff up, you know, with, with secret invasion and stuff, some of the stuff that's coming later on down the line. Now we're starting to see why, why they're making some of the moves that they are. Exactly. And, um, so then, uh, you know, we find out that Monica goes back to work because she works there too. One mm-hmm. thing I really liked is that up on the wall was a like a little honor picture, of, like 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 of her mom, where mm-hmm. it said Monica Photon Rambo. You know, me and Nate talked about last week about how Mo- one of Monica's alter ego superhero names was was, was Photon. Mm-hmm. So you know, so this is obviously like an MCUized version of this whole mess, and uh, she gets it on a missing persons case. And it turns out, like, it's not a missing person. It's a missing town. And right there is the FBI agent from Ant-Man and, and the Wasp. The Woo. same, Yeah, Agent Wu. He, he was the guy meant to kind of keep tabs on Scott and all that kind of jazz. And, uh, you know, he mentioned he was on a manhunt before he got pulled off on this. So whether he's looking for Scott or whether Probably. or not he's, or he's looking for Hawkeye, because maybe he's kind of in charge of him too. 
the two mm-hmm. guys that were let go from the whole civil war mess on house arrest. So who knows why the, 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 the thing that I have to wonder is if this is after the snap or the undoing mm-hmm. or both, why would they give two shits now about shit that happened way back then? I mean, don't, don't get me wrong. That does feel like some federal government shit. <laughs> they would be like, Hey, where's your ankle bracelet? Mother, none of you would be uh, Ant Man's. Like, none of you would be back if it wasn't for me. Yes, no specifically one. Scott Lang. Yes, yes. Without him, without him making that drive, none of that vi- movie would have happened. Nope. Without that rat, well, it's a rat. Well, let's not forget about the rat. <laughs> <laughs> I like how we were both going on the same on the yep. same wave. Like there, without that rat hanging out in that storage locker. Uh, none of that would have happened. But no, I, 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 what I really liked is that you that was a really cool little small MCU continuity thing. And, you know, we already know what the MCU does really well is continuity w- within its own properties, within its own movies, while, while bringing in other stars from other movies, having them coalesce. Very comic booky. But to do it on a smaller level feels just as satisfactory to me because then Monica gets shoved, or she gets sucked into this this pocket world in Westville. And then we get, um, uh, crap. Darcy. Uh, Darcy. Yeah. Darcy from the Thor movies. You know, she's yeah. back now. Kat Dennings. Yeah. And, and you know, she, she's rolling in and she discovers an old, like UHF signal. That's it. Mm-hmm. And, and like, basically what in they're, they're, they're watching what we've already seen. Yeah. The, they start watching the, t- the show. And I, I thought that was incredibly clever. I didn't expect it. Um, I love her character anyway. You know, those first couple Thor movies, uh, she was she was the comedic relief, you know. So um, it was nice to see her come back. Mm-hmm. Uh, along with Agent Wu, you know, a lot of he he's almost like a fan favorite character uh, from from you know Ant Man and the Wasp and all that jazz. So. Uh, the fact that those characters came back, first of all, is great. But what what was really what what I enjoyed probably more than anything was those two characters interacting with each other. Mm-hmm. You know, because the way that the episode starts, you think, okay, this is going to be maybe not focusing on um, Wanda and Vision so much. We're going to focus on on uh, Monica Rambeau and 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 why why Geraldine why she becomes Geraldine in this. Um, you know, in this fantasy world or, or, or whatever you want to call it. And then it, it completely 180s and then focuses on, it's almost like a buddy cop drama, you know, with, <laughs> with Darcy, with Darcy and Wu trying to solve the mystery. And then, you, you know, you've got all the, the bureaucracy and the incompetent, you know, military and scientists, and they're not solving anything. Um, and then we figure out where the beekeeper comes from. Yeah. You know, they didn't start as a beekeeper. No, no. Uh, so, like, basically what's going on in, is, is it called Eastview? Westview. Or, say, so, so it's called Westview? Like, so which one is west and which one is east? Is, is the fake one that's west? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, probably. So the whole town of Eastview <laughs> has been transformed into Westview. Is that the way that I, like, understood it? Because there's these cops... No, West Westview. Okay. Westview was the real one. The cops were from Eastview. Okay, so like basically, 
this whole town has a big field around it. Mm-hmm. And a fake TV sitcom type world has been created within it. And the citizens of this town have been recast in other roles to play these roles. And where Wanda has inserted herself, it seems, into the into this like home. She's the puppet master. Yeah, she's getting to live out this fantasy, um, this fantasy of this American dreams type lifestyle that she didn't get to have. And so the whole beekeeper dude, he was a guy that was going underground. This whole tunnel, you know, that gave me a, a Shawshank vibes. Is very. Yep. <laughs> Uh, but He's crawling through the sewer. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> thankfully there's no river of shit. Uh, but you know they were arguing about like whether or not that view or that 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 uh, force field would field penetrates the ground. Yeah, but he was able to crawl through, and it you know he's wearing like this uh, like radioactive type suit and everything. And when he's crawling through, because he didn't realize that he's crawling through it, uh, the little cord behind him gets severed. He gets turned into like a jump rope from like the yep. 1970s, which that was fun. I thought that was real cool. Uh, but then he gets. Trans- his suit gets transformed into like a beekeeper and so that's when he's like crawling out of that sewer and uh, so we get to see that from that other perspective mm-hmm. you know the other thing that we get to see is them trying to communicate with her through the radio yep. Dar- Dar- Darcy comes up with this idea that we might be able to do that so that's why we heard in that one episode you know Wanda who's doing this to you you know that that's Agent Wu trying to talk to her none of us picked up on that 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 was Wu yep so uh, no, they did some really unique and interesting things here. Showing we get to see, we get to see where the where the helicopter came from. Yeah, it started. It started as a sword drum. I didn't mean to interrupt you there. No. But, um, and then you know, right before right before we get to see Wu and Darcy communicate with with Wanda in that scene, they just keep sending drones in. They they I mean, it's just one after the other. And I, you know, that doesn't necessarily have big significance in this episode, but maybe that's going to have some, some, because they really focused on that. I don't know if you noticed that, but they, you see them sending drones in, in like three or four different shots, like from from three or four different perspectives. So that's got to have some, some, that's foreshadowing of some sort, I would imagine. Um, But yeah, what were you saying? I'm sorry. No, what I was going to say is that it, we then get to see that scene play out again with Geraldine, except mm-hmm. we get to see the other half of the scene. We only got to see part of it where then, you know, basically Wanda wanted her to leave. And then Vision comes in and is like, oh, where is she? Oh, she went home or whatever, you know. And then Vision's like, oh, okay, weird. Hmm. You know, I didn't see her leave. Well, the reason why Vision didn't see her leave is because Wanda basically force pushed the like the freaking heck out of her all the way out of town. Yep. You know, she removed her from the game. She was yeeted. <laughs> <laughs> maximum yeet. It was maximum yeet. <laughs> right out of town and that that was the uh, we got to see the part of that scene at at the end of the third episode when she landed outside and all the military vehicles pop up and then but now we get to see Darcy and Wu run up and try to talk to her and we get the she says it's all Wanda it's all Wanda and then we get to see the other part of it where Vision comes in and then well, before he comes in she's repairing the house repair, like repairing her world that she just wrecked mm-hmm. and Vision's like like is everything all right and then. Wanda sees Vision 
but it's not it, but it's vision after Thanos ripped the stone out of his skull. Just yep. this dead dead. dead limp yep. drone body. And that was like, whoa. Whoa. And what I really like about it is that then it's like, well, okay, uh, everything all right? Oh, yeah, everything's fine. Everything's fine. They get the babies. What do you want to watch tonight? And it's the end of the episode. But it lends more credence to the fact that Wanda is the villain of the series. Yes. And that mentally she is not okay. Well, and it, it really calls back to her origins in the MCU. She's a product of um, tamper or of experimenting with uh, an Infinity Stone. Mm-hmm. You know, she's basically the representation, like the the real life manifestation of the Reality Stone. That's where her powers come from, right? I wanted to say they came from. Like both her and her brother got the powers from from the same stone that Vision had because wasn't that right. the scepter? But no, yeah. her, when but when you think about it, it kind of does seem like her powers are reminiscent of the Reality Stone with her being able to concoct this entire uh, theme in this in the in in, in this city and in, into the different styles that she does, and she's able to fix like basically warping what you see around you to whatever reality she wants it to be, and it really is is showing the the full extent of her abilities and power and there's one thing that she has never been called to the entirety of her participation of the MCU she's never been called Scarlet Witch mm-hmm. she's always been called Wanda she didn't have a code name you know but maybe she's turning into the Scarlet Witch and the Scarlet Scarlet Witch persona like that that mentality it makes me wonder going forward if she's not going to be like a major villain but it's a very sympathetic villain it's not one that you really want to root against you want her to be okay right because it's not because her as you said her entire life has been nothing but a set of circumstances that has been out of her control you know not like what what like what's happening now is her fault but it's a it's a ramification of everything that has come before that hasn't been you know she didn't ask for all these powers or at least I assume not but she was experimented on you know they welcomed her into the fold you know she was she was a direct you know her actions were a direct consequence of of, of what would become the civil war you know uh, I mean she blew up that bomb or she tried to send it away and, and ended up hurting people but you can't exactly blame her for that. And then she lost vision in a way that you can't get back. You know, after the snap, even herself who got snapped, people are coming back. They were able to set the world right mm-hmm. with with very minimal losses. But but the problem is, she is one of the people who is probably going to have problems moving forward because her loss cannot be mitigated. Right. You know, her loss cannot be accounted for, and I, you know, even though at the end of Endgame we see where she may be going, this little like left turn at Albuquerque or Westview or whatever is mm-hmm. it, it's very interesting because I that now makes me think this this show is directly linked uh, to to the next Spider Man movie. In fact, there's something I read that said Spider Man takes place eight months after Endgame. So this story we're seeing right now takes place before Spider-Man. 
I never thought about that. In that, the the whole end credit scene with um, J. Jonah Jameson mm-hmm. may be a direct result of what happens here. That the whole multiverse deal that's going to happen in the next Spider-Man movie has already started and we didn't realize it. It was J. Jonah. It was the same actor as the other series. And he's here revealing Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. I saw that on online the other day and that one, I went, whoa, that's interesting. Because that like changes our reality of something that we've already experienced. Which kind of play, takes us, the audience, and places us into a direct uh, path of even some of the cast members of having the world change. Something we've already watched mm-hmm. is set after this, and, and it's going to change our perception of it. That's going to be really neat to see. But also, what if she ends up being the lead villain of like the Doctor Strange movie, and Doc's got to fight Scarlet Witch? Well, a lot of people, you know, maybe not necessarily here lately. I haven't heard it, but. At the beginning, uh, you know, when when they first announced this the show as as Wanda WandaVision, um, you know, and then they announced the Doctor Strange film and, and that the two are going to be related, um, you know, a lot of people, including myself, went straight to how is this setting up House of M, and surely this they're gonna they're gonna utilize this. This is how they're going to bring in the X Men. This is how they're going to they're going to bring it all together. They're going to connect the dots. And at at first, I didn't think I didn't think that they would go for something so ambitious right out of the gate. But now, i I don't see I don't see how you could take this concept, you know this this altered reality that Wanda has essentially created and make this long-term, you know, like we can't do three seasons of Wanda just manipulating reality in this, in this town, something has to change. And I think when it does, it's going to be big enough that then it's going to set up everything else moving forward. And then, you know, like you said, tie into Spider-Man, this is how you tie it into Dr. Strange and then inevitably um, house of M so it'll be interesting to see where it goes forward. You know, I'll, I'll be honest with you, and I, I think I've said it on the show before that between this and, and and I'll be honest, between this and Falcon and Winter Soldier, I wasn't really interested. Um, let me rephrase that. It's not that I wasn't interested. I just wasn't like fangirl level excited. Um, and, you know, this show has done what a lot of – even more serious shows uh, in the last decade haven't been able to do for me is this show has made me uncomfortable. Um, and it, and it's, it's made me think a lot. So I'm really enjoying it. Um, I hope they keep, keep putting forward the, the level of complexity that they have so far with it. So from what I understand, uh, and, and I may be wrong, is that this series, Wanda, Spider-Man, Doctor Strange is like a trilogy Mm-hmm. it's like a story that's like a it's it's not the story itself isn't going to completely extend into into the future it's going to be like these three things are tied in together to a mini arc kind of like mm-hmm. you would get in a comic series a you know a series one or episode one of six you know like like this right. little arc and, and you would have episodes or issues 
uh, three and four are in the Spider-Man series. You know, mm-hmm. hey, we're going over there for these two. We're starting off with the first two in the WandaVision comic, and then we're going to the Spider-Man thing, and then we're going to end up in, in the Doctor Strange because they all, you know, form, form together here to make this story. And meanwhile, if you want this whole series, and they're going to codename it like, you know, uh, Multiverse of Madness series, you know, issues one through six, and you go through your little catalog and find out which issues of each individual comic make up that thing. That's the way mm-hmm. that I, and that's, as you said, very ambitious because now they're taking that whole comic uh, collective type deal and make, bringing it to the masses. And that well, is hasn't, crazy. Hasn't, and hasn't that been the goal all along mm-hmm. with the MCU? Yeah. Is they, they've always wanted to, obviously it's a cash grab. Let's not forget about that. This Absolutely. is capitalism. Um, but you know, you hear those executives, you hear the Feige's and, 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 and what have you, they talk about it and they, they always talk about, they want to capture the, like the, the nostalgia and the magic and the feeling of a kid opening their comic book and then they get invested in a series and, you know, they want that, but on the silver screen and, you know, they've done that for the most part, but if they're going to keep being ambitious and, and do things where how else can we tie it in and, and make it more like a comic book, this is definitely the way to do it. Um, so like you said, it'll be interested to see, you know, if that ambition pays off because there's a lot of, there, there might be some people that they don't, <clears throat> excuse me, they don't. And, and surely there, those, those, that, those numbers aren't very high, but um Surely there's people out there that that don't want to pay for Disney Plus to watch WandaVision. Sure. And 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 maybe maybe um I don't know. I I I I don't think that there's going to be a time where people don't go to the theaters to see Spider-Man, but you know, as far as like Doctor Strange, Doctor Strange was a hit, but I don't think, you know, it wasn't a box office smash like mm-hmm. like Black Panther or Endgame or anything like that. So, you know, maybe I, I think that they're going to have to do a lot with Spider-Man and WandaVision to get people, especially with the pandemic, um, to get people out of the house to see uh, Doctor Strange when it comes to theaters. Well, you know, and then and then with with everything of that too, we still don't have Black Widow. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and we may not get Black Widow. That you right. know that that's a rumor that I heard that that was going to get pushed back. Me and Nate talked about that last week a little bit. Like, mm-hmm. They haven't confirmed. They haven't said they're moving it. But everything else, a lot of things are getting moved. The only things that aren't getting moved necessarily are the stuff that has been confirmed to go into HBO Max. And it seems like Warner Media or AT and T, whoever's in charge of that call, is holding firm to that. They're like, look, we're going to get these things out. And I actually thought of this earlier. I can I, I can kind of understand why they want to do it is because they want to try and mitigate the loss into another property under their under their umbrella. It's like, hey, right. if, if we're gonna have a loss anyway, with how few people are are able to either go to the theaters or safely go, and and and, and would be willing to go for this year, then let's spread that love and try to get people to invest over here so we can right. start while we're starting to crank up our original content and hopefully keep keep those guys. So I get it. And the other uh, aspect of it is, though, of course, that came off off the ground of uh, making a lot of filmmakers very unhappy, be uh, because of it, and and that and that's a direct that that is a big shame, um, and I and I but I completely get where they're coming from. They're they're making their films for a certain experience, you know, that theater experience, and I completely understand that, 
but what but what it's doing too is that if these movies do not get released and they keep getting pushed back, pushed back, pushed back, there's one thing that isn't happening right now. A lot of productions aren't being halted right now. Yep. You know, right now productions are, hey, they're going pretty smoothly. I haven't heard news of productions being shut down in a while. So, so if you're basically these, working for free. But like these productions are, are, are underway. These other movies have not come out yet. So if they keep it getting pushed back, how close in proximity are some of these already pushed back and done films that have been waiting for an entire year to come out like Ghostbusters and Black Widow and you know all these other ones you know they need to come out at some point because it, it, like if these other films that are in production Spider-Man it was in like it's in production now it's slated to come out in December so mm-hmm. it needs to get we need to start rolling these out and the studios either need to accept the losses that they're going to have for the theaters or you know, try to find that medium ground like Disney releasing Mulan or doing HBO Max or rolling it out uh, to be able to enjoy these movies uh, as they're coming out because it, it's it's an unfortunate time for everybody, for for us as consumers and for them as a business. Uh, and I I really can't see a, a good thing to just, uh, other than, you know, why are we going to keep pushing it back even more because if we get an announcement that black widow has been delayed again does that not push back every other property you would think so no i think we just need to have black widow and if they are worried about theater properties not being able to you know show it or anything i think nate had a good idea last week and i'm not sure how well it would work because you're still going to be having it doesn't matter either way you're having some loss but he's like, hey man, go buy your go go you know go buy your movie ticket, uh, but but you know it's gonna be slightly elevated because what you're gonna get is that you're gonna get a movie ticket and the Blu-ray. You know, it's like basically you go watch the movie, you go you go spend your money at the concessions, and then when you walk out, they'll 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 hand you the copy to take home with you. And I'm like, that would be cool if they were ready to do that. If they had this, right. I mean, obviously the Black Widow toys, I mean, they, like they're already in stores. You know, it's like it's a good thing none of those toys have directly spoiled the story. Like uh, a Winter Soldier, Falcon, Winter Soldier, mm-hmm. the toy right there is already like had a big spoiler. Uh, but I also heard a uh, Patrick Stewart had an interview where he said he had to sit down talk with Kevin Feige. Ooh, and it, it was you know they had a lot of you know a lot of discussion. Of course, Kevin Feige used to work on the X Men movies, so you know he knows right. who he is. And it was about bringing back him to play, you know, Xavier. And um, Patrick turned it down. He said, I would have loved to have done it, but the last one we did, Logan, went out on such a high note that I don't think I want to touch it. And, of course, then, then, of course, then the mindset would be, you know, Patrick Stewart's 80 years old, mm-hmm. and obviously you wouldn't be hiring him in to be a complete regular Xavier, you know, at 80. So would that be, would that have been just a cameo? You know, just like we said in this Doctor Strange multiverse thing, you said about bringing the X-Men. I heard a big rumor that they are trying to bring in Hugh Jackman as a, as Wolverine just for that movie, just as a cameo, mm-hmm. uh, basically to introduce the mutants. And maybe he wouldn't be active Wolverine going forward, but it would be a way to kind of cross those streams a little bit to, gaining acknowledgement from the MCU and then you can kind of work out the you know the story details later. And then there's um 
because then there's a rumor that like the, the MCU is going to introduce their own Wolverine with the Weapon X thing, where with a movie called Hulk versus Wolverine, where it's going to utilize one of the, my favorite comics ever. It's going to utilize the Hulk, and that you know uh, basically the uh, the Canadian version of like of the Avengers is tracking Weapon X. Hulk goes to help him out, and of course you have this big knockout drag out battle between Hulk and, 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 and Logan and then of course the idea would be is that that whole team of heroes you bring in uh, as a Canadian Avengers or whatever they're called I can't remember uh, w- would eventually maybe get their own Disney Plus series or something they wouldn't be big enough for their own movie but hey you know they were in that big film and now we're over here so who knows there's a lot of ideas going forward a lot of ways that we can spin it of course we already know they're doing Fantastic Four we know Kane the Conqueror is the villain in Ant-Man and Wasp those two are directly connected so uh, the way I see it this whole WandaVision thing that we're going through right now is going to have big big ramifications for things going forward and I think by the time we get at the end of Doctor Strange it could upset the the norms of that reality. Like it, mm-hmm. may, maybe everything will be fixed, but not everything will be as it was. If that makes any sense, you know. Yeah. You know, we're the universe is no longer tearing itself apart. It's been sewn back together, but you know, some of these round pegs got through the square holes. And we're <laughs> they're they're in the contraption now, so we might as well just learn how to deal with it. So um, I don't know, man. I. This show, WandaVision, has got me really excited going forward. I, I wasn't sure what to make of it, but I thoroughly enjoyed the first two episodes. I thought they were completely different. A third one, just the same. And this fourth one, if this is what everybody had kind of expected it to be, it is now what it is. Like, that whole, all the context we got, just, I was kind of surprised they gave us as much as they did. Mm-hmm. Um, that, well, and, 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 and I'll tell you this, too. This might not be relevant to the MCU moving forward, but I tell you what, those first two episodes, the first three episodes for that matter, they're so popular. I've heard so many people say that they loved it that, you know, this might be the revival of kind of the Dick Van Dyke, uh, you know, Brady Bunch, that kind of sitcom. You know, we might see that make a big resurgence too, which might not be a terrible thing. Well, you know uh, what? Recently, we had uh, kind of like '80s set uh, uh, sitcoms, like the Goldbergs, mm-hmm. and uh, I, yeah, and, and they got a few others that are kind of out there that are, are like around that time. Um, but how cool would it be to get a complete brand new '60s sitcom? Mm-hmm. You know, like I think it would be kind of really neat because one thing that they prove that they can do, and we have the assets to. Man, everything about the production of those episodes, with it being a black and white, with it being yeah. with it being a little grainy, with the audio not being completely one hundred percent crisp, and uh, them able to use like modern technology to kind of eat m- m- to make the effects look even better with the stuff floating around and everything, like that, like it was just really fun, really fun. And uh, no, same as you, I haven't heard anybody say that they didn't like. Uh, like the first three episodes, and if you like the first three, you're, you're then you're really gonna like this last one. Cause, yeah, because this last one to me is the one that felt MCU. Like this is like yes. we are in present day MCU going for like we're like we like like we have a problem here, and it makes me wonder, like based off the trailer images that we've seen, if like 
you know, Wanda isn't going to be like, you know, trying to defend her home and Vision's going to be right there with her. But then we're going to have this thing where her makeup of Vision becomes self-aware. And he's telling her, you've got to let me go. Mm-hmm. Man, that'd be hard to watch. Because that's all yeah, in her Because then that's a manifestation of something inside her head telling her to let go. Man, that's rough. That's rough. Anyways, um, no, we got the next uh, the next series, Falcon Winter Soldier, in March, and we have a release date for Justice League Snyder Cut, March eighteenth, and it's earlier. Yep. Yeah, March eighteenth. It is four hours, and he just tweeted out a picture today. I don't oh, know. Shit. I don't know if you saw it, but it's this. Oh shit! War is coming, and the quote is from. Oh, you can't see it. I- I can't see that. Martian Manhunter. Oh, shit. The thing is, his his vision for this movie was so big, you know? And I, I'm super excited to see what we get out of it. It doesn't seem like we're going to get anything else out of it later on. He or, or He's very like, ah, no, I'm kind of finishing this up and then I'm kind of done, you know? gonna pass that baton to other guys to do their stuff it's like you know it like it's been real you know but then to hear that basically the reason why he stepped away from the movie is very heartbreaking Mm -hmm. okay so his daughter committed suicide which is awful i can't even begin to comprehend my own emotional uh reaction to losing a child. I can't. That that is something that my own brain cuts that that cord of of train of thought. I can't even begin to uh, go there. So he loses his kid and the reason why he left isn't because he lost his kid. It, it, it but it's a result of he doesn't have the energy to keep fighting Warner Brothers about the movie because of all the personal stuff he's going through. That's why he stepped away. Mm-hmm. That is awful. That's awful. And I know Warner Brothers was concerned and, and they and they wanted this movie to be Marvel level of profit. Um but in Brando's honest opinion, you worry about the satisfaction of the fans first, and that profit will come. You know, don't have dollar signs in your eyes just because you see Pepsi doing something good. If, like if you're Coke, you gotta you gotta worry about satisfying your fans, your the people who drink your product. That that's why you don't go make new Coke, right? Because everybody, and then people stop buying your product, and then you're like, well, let's roll. And of course, people say that was like a whole maybe a strategy, and if because if it was, it worked. People went back to Coke and Flocks, but I can I can honestly see them being that stupid. Because we're because people are stupid. People are stupid. And so, uh, look at what happened with direct production uh, involvement with Sony in the first Spider-Man trilogy. Look at the, what happened in the third movie. Look what happened with direct production involvement in the Tim Burton movies. After the second Tim Burton movie, they like kicked him out because they're getting too many complaints from moms about the movie being too dark and you know like like mother effort. You wanted him. You know, he brought you money twice. And then we get Batman Forever, which is 
definitely a step down and a complete tone shift. And then it turned, then the one after that turned into a toy commercial. Yep. Nipples. N- nipples. Nipples. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, like, so Warner Brothers, you know, looking at like Batman v Superman, I can understand why in their minds that movie should have been the biggest movie of all time. The problem is it had been waited too long to have been done. And the movie was pretty damn good, but maybe not excellent. But that's okay. You can have a pretty good movie starting off a whole new great... It can lead to great stuff. You know? Like, so they're like, Batman v Superman only made a billion dollars, guys. It only made a billion. We we wanted two billion. You know? This Justice League thing, it needs to be big. It needs to be Avengers big. Bring in the Avengers guy. And really, they should have just like sat back and let Zach do his thing. Well, and 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 come to find out too, the Avengers guy that they thought was going to be their savior turns out he's a douche and a piece of shit. Yes. And this is not just from Ray Fisher. You know, Ray Fisher Cyborg, you know, brought a lot of things to light. This is like every it goes to say something when. All of your castmates, Ben Affleck, Gal Gadot, Henry Cavill, slap you on the back, or, or, at, at least on Twitter, and say, we got your back on this? Yep. That says something to me. When, well, and then you find... Yeah, go ahead. No, uh, I was going to say, and then Zack Snyder says, I'm not going to use a single frame of his movie in mine. I'd rather burn it to the ground first. Man! Well, and then, you know, there's more and more... I'm pretty sure there's still uh, people coming out of the woodwork to talk about how awful Joss Whedon is to work for or work with, you know, as far as, you know, other uh, cast members from other movies, you know, former production members, crew members, just like just people. People don't rally normally in the industry. You know, we figured out that if someone commits like a crime or they do something awful or they say something that's an incredibly poor taste, there'll be some people that stand up for them. But normally, like us as fans and then them as professionals, they rally together to denounce those people, right? If someone does something that maybe isn't as terrible as as people put it off to, to, collectively, we rally behind them. Nobody's rallying behind Joss Whedon because he's a piece of shit. Yeah. No, man, you hit it right on the head. You know, when I saw Justice League, I thought it was all right. You know, there's some beats in that movie that I really liked. You know, especially uh, them bringing back Danny Elfman to do the score. And there was like some twinges of the old Superman theme from, you know, from... You know, from the old Superman films, and there was the old Batman score from the original '89. Batman was in there when he's in the rolling in through the Batmobile, and it, and dude, that as a fan got me like in, in my seat in the theater, like like giddy and hopping up and down in my seat, like oh yeah, this is cool, you know. And then there's a couple cool moments in that movie that really got me, um, got me got me hyped. But you know, with everything that has happened from beginning to end, I'm excited to see what this movie holds. I I, I truly am, you know. Um, there's a reason why when I had a chance to go pick up uh, that that DC 4K uh, four movie box set, which came with Man of Steel, BVS, Wonder Woman, and uh, 
Suicide Squad, and I got it for eighteen bucks. Mm-hmm. Like I, because I want to watch those movies again. You know, collectively, he, you know, they're not bad films. They're not bad movies. You know, I can understand why like a hardcore guy is going to sit there and scrutinize them and look at what the MCU is doing, and, and because it, the MCU is up here, obviously in terms see, of quality, but see, not but always. That's part of the problem. I I really wish. A lot of times, I really wish the MCU didn't exist, mm-hmm. so so it could just be, so it could just be um, evaluated by itself and not be compared to something else. the the D, The Warner Brothers movies don't need to be compared to the MCU, and they don't need to be compared to Star Wars. They need to be evaluated for what they are. Sure, yeah. Joss Whedon's Justice League was not awful. It was pretty okay. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to see Zack Snyder's version. And you know what? I, I'll be the first to admit, we need to, as a as a fan base, if it's not really that much better, we need to call it what it is and say, you know what? We Your vision was cool, but it's not that much better. Sure. No, I don't disagree with you. And, and not just to baby it, you know? Yes. Yeah, you know? I don't, I don't want to kiss its ass is what I'm trying to right. say. I, I don't I, think it's going to be bad, but, you know, there's potential. No, absolutely. Uh, but you have excitement about it, and I'm excited to see it. I know you're excited mm-hmm. to see it. And, uh, you know, I'm just excited f- for him, even if the movie does end up not to be better. I'm excited yeah. that he got to sit down and finish the movie he started. And, you know, and not only that, but it, not only is it going to be on HBO Max, it's going to come out for you to own too, you right. know, on, like on 4K Blu ray. So that's going to be great. And it's going to well, be a long ass and- movie. <laughs> And I'm okay with that. Yeah. You know, you you and I you and I have talked about uh Man of Steel, BVS, Justice League. We have 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 scrutinized and broke those three fil- films down probably more than we have collectively every other movie that's come out since you and I have been friends just because, you know, you're so passionate about about Batman and about doing doing your due diligence and 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 treating things fairly you know so you and i have talked about it a shit ton i want i want zack snyder the snyder cut to succeed for a multitude of reasons but you hit the nail on the head earlier when you you were bringing up uh studio involvement and and what warner and, and 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 sony and all these big companies are doing to these directors they are hiring hiring these directors to do a job you know, let's say producer and director, you're, you're hiring these people to do a job. And then when you, you, you give them the budget and you say, okay, do your job, then you start to meddle. And then you, you tell them, well, you're not doing a good enough job at your job. And we think you should do it this way. Well, why don't you just direct the movie then? Yeah. Right. Why did you, why did you hire me to, to direct this movie? If you don't want to let me do it, we, we, we've seen this from, from, uh, you know Disney with Lucas, and 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 a lot of the stuff that's that's come out. You know, uh, Solo. getting rid of Solo, yes, and see, then I, uh, yeah, you Colin, knew right where I was going. Yeah, episode nine, Colin Tre- Trevorrow is that his name? Trevorrow. Tre- Trevorrow. Yeah, the guy that was going to do episode nine. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. So maybe maybe we shouldn't suckle from the teat of these big companies as hard and, and maybe give the, some of these directors a little bit more of a benefit of the doubt, you know, mm-hmm. because especially we get more and more information every day. Yeah. You know, it's not, it's not all just rumors and conjecture anymore. 
now these these, these people are real people yeah. and it's an art form and everyone has their right to appreciate art in the way that they want to do it mm-hmm. so I yeah don't know. well it, you know and, and you know Beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Everybody has yeah, different tastes. That's taste. what I was trying to get at. You know, er- everybody does have different tastes. If you don't like something, feel free to say you don't like it. Um, you know, that, that, that doesn't mean you have to be a, a complete dick and demean other people for liking it. You right. know, I, you know, as I said, I rewatched some of those DC films uh, when I bought them on 4- 4K and, and I watched Man of Steel for the second time. I've only ever seen it twice and I enjoyed it so much more my second time around. Dude, the second half of that movie, I think, is really, really good. You see, and I actually like the first half, knowing the story more. Mm-hmm. You know, I maybe it's not the best well done, but once you've seen it once, you go back to watch it again. Like it is a much more interesting story to watch because you kind of know where it's going. Right. And it, it was the same way with, with when, we, when I got the BVS because BVS is a direct sequel to that. You know, mm-hmm. and, and I've seen that movie probably that's probably my fourth time watching it. And I liked it a lot more, and I was I was catching a lot more little nuances because it was fresh in my brain going because I went straight from the first one to the second one, and it, it did feel like an extension of that first movie, but it felt like it was also taking a step back to build up this world a little bit more on a more broad scale and, and and the direct consequences of Man of Steel. So it was like, hey, you know, we're only seeing the world through Clark Kent's eyes. Guess what? It's bigger. And there's other shit that's been going on this entire time, and now he is thrust right in the right in the middle of it. And uh, so on, on that front, I really thought that the movies were really much more like I favored them a little bit more than I even did the first times I watched them and, and and gave them a review and everything. And you know, and the first Wonder Woman was great. The second one was all right. I still haven't seen it. Uh, I think it's a good view. There's some really good character stuff in there. It's a different different tone completely different tone. I get why people don't like that because the first one had a certain tone and it fucking nailed it. But I also see why, from a creative standpoint, it was intriguing to the actors and to the director because it was the same director, Patty Jenkins, to completely change up the formula. Let's try something completely different here. And I get that 100%. And on some stages, it definitely succeeds and others, maybe not so. Is this a go back and rewatch all the time? No. But man, there's some good, good, act, good acting in it. Some good character shit, especially from um, uh, the, the Mandalorian. Mandalorian. Pedro Pascal. Pedro Pascal did a great job playing a character who's a complete 180 from all the other characters I've ever seen him play. Knocked it out of the park. So like you know, and I even liked Aquaman for what it was. Uh, I, I thought it was all right. You know, uh, I, I you know maybe a step down from like Wonder Woman or something like that. Wonder Woman was maybe a nine, you know, uh, for how good it was. But no, like these movies are pretty good and I don't think they, it's hard not to compare them when you're in the superhero realm. Right. But then again, you also had three different sections of the Marvel stuff, the MCU, Spider-Man individual or separate Spider-Man verse movies the Venom and that stuff. And then also like the, the X-Men Deadpool movies too. So you had different sects of the same world. Hopefully, uh, you know the next Deadpool movie will be interesting and good because we are getting that. Uh, mm-hmm. That we and it is going to be MCU and it will be rated R. And Ryan Reynolds is a, is you know consulting with the script, you know, and he revealed an idea for the prior Deadpool three movie before the acquisition by Marvel. It was, it was a <laughs> an early an early draft of, of of the idea of Deadpool three was going to be a like 
road trip movie with Deadpool and Wolverine, <laughs> which would have been in my, they have those two just in a car for most of the movie talking. Like basically, I think that would have been fucking fantastic, dude. Basically, Deadpool three would have been planes, trains, and automobiles, but with Deadpool and Logan, <laughs> with Logan playing the straight man. It'd be even better if, uh, uh, what was the cab driver's name? Oh, oh, um, if the cab driver, if the if they were riding in his cab, <laughs> could you just have him interjecting? <laughs> oh man. No, I just like, you know, Deadpool's John Candy, like <laughs> Oh man. I I by the way, off like off note here, I miss John Candy. Me too. John Candy was great. Uh no, one more thing to talk about. This is a rumor of rumors, so please take this with a huge grain of salt, but it would not surprise me as you said, house of mouse bottom line, bottom dollar. Uh so we know that they're doing an Ahsoka series. Uh, on Disney Plus, where it's going to follow Rosario Dawson as Ahsoka looking for Thrawn. Mm-hmm. The rumor is that will culminate in a standalone film where Thrawn finally makes his debut in the movie, or or, or, or at least uh, you know, maybe he's in the series, but, w- but when they're finally going to go head-to-head, it's going to be in the movie. And that the standalone movie will also feature uh, The Mandalorian, and uh, Grogu. So basic. Oh. It, well, and, and what I like about it is that you have, you almost have like the Marvel stuff that's going on with the WandaVision and, and the stuff leading into other movies. You would have Mandalorian, yet uh, people who are invested in that watch Ahsoka, maybe watch, uh, you know, Republic Commandos or something like that, or Boba Fett. And all these stories somehow culminate into this movie that's, a, that's like a big send off for that part of the story, you know? And, and maybe some shows continue on after that, and maybe some shows kind of like, hey, you know, that was it for us. Our, our like our story ends here, but that's an interesting little thing to do, and it kind of sets it up separate from. I, I honestly feel Star Wars going forward is going to be dealt with differently than um, anything else going on. Like, it's not going to be just like, oh, this is the main, this the, this is the trilogy of movies, and it's going to be this, and then we're going to go forward. I feel like it's going to be much more uh, intricate, much like what we're doing with MCU. Well, I, 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 I making odd noises with my mouth now. <laughs> um, I think um, you know you and I have brought it up before. Nate and I have talked about it at length. Star Wars is a canvas that you can essentially just throw paint on and tell any story that you want to tell. There is no reason that they can't start doing a little bit more genre focused movies. Mm-hmm. If you want to do a um, like a like a like a crime drama, like a heist movie. Star Wars is there for you to do that. I mean, they essentially did that with Solo, but yeah. you know that that's one of the first ones that comes to my mind. If you want to tell a a thriller or a maybe maybe not like a slasher film, but but um, maybe like a survival horror film, uh, like in the vein of Alien um, or Predator or something of that nature. You have that ability to do that with Star Wars. You can tell any story you want to tell. And essentially, you can take any other genre and pull it into Star Wars and it'll work. We've seen that with the Western and the Kurosawa uh, influence in The Mandalorian. Absolutely. You can do whatever you want to do with this product and it'll make money. And if you put the right people in, in the right places, 
it will be you know as we've seen it'll be flawless not only uh do we put the right people in the right places but you also minimize uh oversight yes and uh that ties into what we were talking about earlier the oversight too much oversight's bad you don't need to micromanage every aspect of every uh uh project in 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 your stable you don't need to have your fingers in everything let the people that you that you have delegated to do shit, let them do it and see what happens. If you stumble, you stumble. Star Wars is not going to fail because they paid uh, – just pick, pick, pick director A. If their movie doesn't sell out, Star Wars isn't going to fail. We've seen that with Solo. I love the film. You enjoy it. Most people fucking hate it, and it's, it's, it's unfortunate because it doesn't deserve the treatment that it got. We've said that a million times on the show, but I, I, I think, and I really hope, and obviously I'm a little bit biased with, with the current or with the, the previous trilogy here, but I really think that, that Disney needs to utilize Ruby making cameo here. Uh, Disney needs to utilize this opportunity and learn a lesson. We just want good, good content. Mm-hmm. If you want to make 10 stand Oh, we got some R2-D2 and Darth Vader pillows. Let me finish. Okay? We're done a little bit. Um, if Disney wants to make 10 standalone films over the next five years, give us two movies a year, that'd be great. Not everything has to be a trilogy. Mm-hmm. Not everything has to be this super ambitious... You know, obviously we've talked about that a lot on the show thus far about different... Uh, projects interacting with each other and being a part of a, a a grander narrative, but not everything has to do that. No, they need to look at Rogue One. They need to look at what they've done in two seasons of The Mandalorian, and they need to just keep doing that. The interesting thing about Rogue One is is that it was own standalone story, which directly leads into the very beginning of Episode Four. So it is like it it ties into without without the overwriting. Like, mm-hmm. you know, they basically what it what it did allow was for more context into that fourth movie. And yep. and it works perfectly for that. You know, with Mandalorian, we now have more context for after episode six. Right. From a certain point of view. In the no, you know, no pun intended there. Uh, but from a certain point of view, we're getting that. And, and, and that 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 story has now weaved its way into the New Republic, into the remnants of the Empire, which is seem, seemingly the very beginning of what would be the First Order, and also into the cameo of Luke Skywalker. So, like, mm-hmm. we're heading in the right direction. You know, you can do a lot of different things. You know, do um, you know, like they're doing the High Republic thing. You know, the big rumor is that, oh, uh, well, not big rumor, but now Star Wars, is, as, as, as like a video game property, is no longer exclusively tied to EA. We you and I have been begging for that for years. Yes, you know, uh, over the course of like the last six years, we've gotten like th- uh, th- two games: Battlefront Two, no, or, or Battlefront One, uh, and then two, I guess, and, and then Jedi Fallen Order, like 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 over a year ago, and Squadrons. Oh, and Squadrons! I forgot about Squadrons, but that that's only four games. And that's not a lot when you compare it back into the 2000s when it was like a, a myriad the Lego games you had the you had like the, the like the Battlefront games there you know it, it, 
it was there's a lot you can do with the property, and so we're getting a brand new game from Ubisoft, uh, that same from from the same dev team that did the Division. We're getting a, apparently a brand new Knights of the Old Republic game, uh, but but we don't know who's developing it, and it may be a surprise. <laughs> so, uh, but but it isn't Bioware, and it's not EA, so it's going to be interesting to see what they do with that because that. That 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 verse, I love it because it's so far removed from the main narrative of what everybody holds dear to their heart. Right. You know, one one you know one reason why the, why the second trilogy is so contested and why it's so hard to hit a home run is that it plays with the toys that were there in your childhood. You know, the prequel does the same. Your prequels do the same thing, but not necessarily is it one hundred percent the same scrutiny. It may be with Anakin, it is, but. Um, but it, it's not it's not a one to one because these aren't the right. same toys. They're not apples to apples. Uh, but literally, you have the same toys, and, and like because you bring in back the you know, original cast members to reprise roles and and do creative decisions that not everybody is going to agree with. And mm-hmm. with Knights of the Old Republic, you're so far back there, you could literally just like, hey, this is Star Wars, and you're making a whole new Star Wars property, make it feel, look, sound like Star Wars with all new characters you've never heard before. And but the but, but the groundwork has been laid for you, with what Star Wars is, mm-hmm. and then it just like you know have that at Haas create, and that's what they did with the first two Kotars, and both games are fantastic. The second game wasn't finished, but once again oversight, man, that's a theme of the day, isn't it? You know, <laughs> it seems like the directors and writers need to just exert maximum yeet with some of these oversight. Get out of my office. Get out of my building. <laughs> That's the episode title, Maximum Yeet. Maximum Yeet. But, uh, dude, that's all I got for this week, man. I don't have a lot to talk about. Me too. I mean, I guess we had a lot to talk about, but I ain't got much more. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I I am excited for what the future holds. Uh, I'm excited to do, um, you know, know, to get back to it. We need to finish that, that comic review that we started. Death, death in the family, which by the way, the, uh, they did a animated version of that on HBO max. And I haven't watched it yet because I want to finish reading the comics first. And then I want to watch it because, from what I understand, it um, it kind of takes it, 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 not that it takes liberties with the story, but there's more context to the death in the family story that that that's added two decades later with the under the red hood story, and maybe they marry those two together a little bit. Oh, that's cool. I don't know. I'll have to, ch- I'll have to check that out. But I but it, I mean I just saw like images and, and I see an image of Red Hood. I'm like, is do they are they going to like show that part and then show a little bit of the other? Part? So it makes me wonder. But no, I want to get back to that. We we you know we had said that when when we got back together, we were going to finally do a full season breakdown of Mandalorian. We haven't done that yet, uh, so maybe when we can all three get back together, we'll do those things and we'll kind of set those as priorities on the docket because we still have more WandaVision to go. I believe we have five more episodes. I I actually never saw the 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 season um, the episode count. Yes, the episode count. That was the word I was looking for. I think it's. Um, so I, I don't know. I think it's nine. I think we're getting nine episodes. And what was really interesting is that I think from an interview with Feige, he said the, uh, that the episodes for for WandaVision are shorter because they were kind of designed to be that sitcom type 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 episode. But then that's not going to necessarily be the same for Falcon and Winter Soldier. And then Loki is more like six episodes because they were like forty-five minute to fifty-minute type like uh drama or um mm-hmm. or like you know mystery type episodes like that, that, that area every week so 
some different versions of entertainment that we're getting going forward, but I think that's going to wrap it up here for me. Me too. All right, T.Y. Well, thank you guys for watching and listening to this episode of Journey into Comics, episode 333. Maximum Yeet. You can find us all on the podcast, <laughs> on, on all those podcast platforms. That you can find us Apple, Spotify, that iHeartRadio, Stitcher, TuneIn, and Alexa, by the way. That's kind of cool. Amazon. We're also on YouTube where you can find the video. And on Facebook. I post the video there early for all the people. So I'm not sure how early this is going to be, but it will be sometime tonight. As we record this, so go check us out on all those things and on social medias, all the places that you can get your entertainment stuff. Journey to Comics Network, find us. <laughs> so, with that being said, this has been episode three thirty three, Maximum Yeet. I've been Brando. I've been Ty, and we're gonna Maximum Yeet ourselves right on out of here. <laughs> Flip your caps back and fill your brains with shit. See you later, guys. Oh, he doesn't. She don't want us to leave. Well, sorry, Ruby. We gotta go. See you next week. Bye, guys. <laughs>